Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. Fletcher Henderson playing away there. Uh, Fletch and his uh, friends. Uh, part of the uh, early part, I would say, of the big band era. Way early. Yep. And uh, joining us now, as she does every Monday night at this time, at uh, 907 <laughs> in the she evening. brings a, 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 a loveliness into the uh, they're studio. They're just uh, amazing. <laughs> and it's none other than the uh, band director, the leader of the Knights of Swing here in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. You can find the Knights of Swing on Facebook. Just look for the Knights of Swing. It's our own Maria Kina. Maria, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. So I'm gonna. I want to take you back, Maria, okay? Uh, because right. I think so many of us, uh, as complex as we all are, so much of who we are was formed during those very critical years in high school. Mm-hmm. So I want to take you back to high school, no, Maria. No, don't you, take me back. You, you, yeah, where'd right. you go? Uh, DeBerg. I could so guess that. Yeah, so we're at Bishop. I didn't stay long. Bishop really? DeBerg. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That's why I say don't take me back. There. So we're at Bishop DeBerg <laughs> High School yes. back in the 19... Yes, and, uh, and and so um, tell me, mm-hmm. uh, what was Maria Kina doing during high school? Truly <laughs> trying to figure out how I was going to get out of there. Heck yeah. Because uh, I really didn't like it. You did not all. like school. No, no. I, I well, What was the problem with the school? I, it was, it was, oh gosh, we're going to get into this. Okay. Yes. It was very restrictive. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, of I course. Was, I was always being issued demerits uh-huh. for like stupid things like wearing opaque stockings. And, and, you know, I don't know. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. You were wearing pink stockings. No, opaque. Oh. Like, oh. you know, opaque, like you used to wear, well, you still wear tights. <laughs> Anyhow, opaque or not leaving my not locking my locker. You, you know, left I would, the locker, and I would leave it unlocked. There was nothing in there. Yeah, but people are coming by and they're looking oh, in your locker. Yeah. It was Maria Kina for the love of Pete. See, but you have to understand this is a Catholic school, so they have yeah. to instill fear. In mm-hmm. you. That's so, right. That's what right. do you mean oh. you're not locking things? Oh. Thing mm-hmm. It's all a part of the plan. Uh huh. It so, is. So that's going on. And uh, now, are we? What What are we involved in there at the high school? Are we involved in extracurricular activities? No, I literally lasted my freshman year. Got out, took a GED. And got. Did you really? And I went to St. Louis University. (laughs) Is that right? Went straight to the university? Well, uh, here's the thing. Some time off working, yeah. Yeah, so you knew you were smart. No, I wasn't smart. I didn't, I, I never really liked school. Yeah. I, you know, I just, it wasn't my thing. Was it, was it the, was it the testing? Was it the studying? Was it the homework? Yeah. Kind of all of it. But I, I think they never found, they never found what it was that really interested me. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was always kind of like floundering, trying to find out what it was. Yeah. And, and then when I got to St. Louis U, later oh. on, I found it. My advisor said to me, let's put you on the newspaper and on the radio station. And there it was. And I said, are you kidding me? This is like so bizarre. And I loved it. That was it. That is so cool. So yeah. you're, I wish I'd have known about this GED thing. Well, what's the name <laughs> What's the name of the newspaper over there? The University News. University News. Avis Myers, Dr. Were Avis you Myers. A, were you a reporter, a columnist? I was, a, I was a reporter. Uh-huh. And, uh, what, were the big, what were the big stories you were covering there at St. Oh. Louis University? Well, there was a lot going on that yeah. I was trying to uncover. And yeah. It was constantly being uh, suppressed. 
Really? Ooh. The administration getting oh, yeah. uh, shutting and, things down. And, you know, down. they're Jesuits, so I can't really get too, Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I'm yeah, got to yeah. be like, okay, f- thanks, Father, bye. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. The Jesuits are a pretty good sect, though. The they, Catholic, yeah. It's an order, they, Michael. They it's not a sect. God. It's an order. It's the order. The, I, I'm not even Catholic, and I know that. Yeah, it's an order, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So you're on the newspaper on, on and the radio? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, uh, school. What was the station? WSLU. No, it was no. K. It had to have a K. It, oh, K- it was K-S-L-U. Yeah. Mississippi. And it was right, and it was uh, K-SLU, and it was uh, oh, 96. Seven something one I think or yeah, something yeah and and were you doing what were you doing news no I was spinning records oh I was a DJ nice. and I could go in and make my own show is there right do whatever so I what were to we do. spinning back in Beatles the days, oh my back gosh in the 19 I was doing you know I was pretty eclectic you yeah, know I'd man. throw in Santana then I hey then I throw in uh, some climax blues some Roxy music and you know it was. Wow. It was kind of cool. I threw some jazz in there, too. Yeah. Were you playing? So, did you ever yeah. play big band stuff? Oh, I did. You did. I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. You know, I'd do my little segment. We were on the third floor of Lewis Hall, which yeah. is now, they just call it the Coronado Hotel now. Oh, so, wow. Mm-hmm. That was a Coronado Hotel. Mm-hmm. Lewis Hall. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Lewis L-E-U-I-S? L-E. L-E. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. So were you actually spinning vinyl in there? Yes, I was spinning vinyl. So and cart machines. Yeah. Yeah. So did they have a collection of records there you could choose from, or did you bring your own? They did, but did I used it... to bring my own because I remember it was like I was lugging them all around. Can't you see <laughs> Maria? You, she's too cool to be playing off the shelf stuff. So she's got. <laughs> she's coming in with her own tune. Yeah, but so you got what a bag of she's records? God, I mean, there's yeah. a gal who's walking the around the can- swing. Hey, thank you, Mike. She's bringing good music to the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got you got a little bag of, of uh, LPs with you there. Yeah, yeah you I did. It was pretty. Heavy. Nine, ten of them. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And trudging it up to the third floor there at the uh, Lewis Hall. Yeah, because I did like a three-hour show. Three oh, hours? Yeah, I think it was a three-hour show. My word. Uh, three hours. And, yeah. and so, so would you talk between songs? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, and man, did I stink. I've. It's been years since I went back and listened to any of that, but boy, was oh, I bad. Do the tapes still exist? Yeah, they exist you, down in my basement somewhere. Nice. Did you, uh, did you ever master the talk-up? Of a song, like, yes. you know, to the world. That was something I learned very quickly. Yeah. Making the post, that's called. Uh-huh. You better not walk on that intro of that song. You better be out. But you oh. have to, but you know that you got 10 seconds, so you say, right. you know, it's warm, it's nice. Exactly. It's, it's beautiful. Six, Get outside. It's all nice. <laughs> and boom, there it goes. Although a lot of places didn't like you to talk over the intro. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. just want you to play the music. They just want you to play the music, especially commercial stations. They didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, a lot. that was more of a top you, forty. Did you thing. have commercials at St. Louis U? What, what? Mm, no, I mean, we had PSAs. Oh, you did. But we had a general manager and we had a sales manager. Yeah, and so it was like a real little radio station. We really were learning. Oh, wow. that's cool. Yeah. And, and then, did, did they have news? Yeah. Uh yes, we did during the day, but I didn't do it then. Yeah. So you did the news. So you went to NPR, right, after that? Is I that... went, well, my first, right, KDHX. Yeah. Oh, KDHX. It was KDHX. Wow. Not NPR. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I went to commercial radio. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks there. Yeah. Here I am now. Huh. <laughs> and you've been here how long? This is my 17th year now. Oh, yeah. It, just, it came just getting started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just getting started. Well, heck, she's she's got a little seniority on us. She's a newbie. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. As far as KMOX is concerned, <laughs> yeah, right. but I mean, she's got two years seniority on us. 
Well, Michael, yeah, uh, but we're not really. I don't think it means well, anything. I, I, I know, but the, I mean, we actually on. don't really exist here. Well, we yes, do. Yes, you do. Yeah, I mean, we got a thing. We on... do when there's a holiday, buddy. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> over Christmas, <laughs> we're you. It's, it's all Hancock and Kelly. Yeah, what, yeah. about, what about Fourth of July? Yeah, we're here. They need us in. Yeah, 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 we're here. Yeah, yeah, the holidays and President's the... Day. You're here. Here we are. Yeah. President's Day. Who's Mondays. your okay? Uh, maybe as a journalist, you can't answer this question, but who's your favorite president? Oh. Mm. How about that? Laying that out there on President's Day. I, I don't know that he's my favorite, but boy, would I have loved to have interviewed Roosevelt. Which one? Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. That's the one I'd have been into, too. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, he, he's the reason we have the, the national parks. He is. Yeah. And he was a weirdo and a young oh, dude. Oh, gosh, yeah. Very like, much so. But was it like... Kind of strange, mm-hmm. like into some, oh, yeah. you know, out there stuff. So the thing about Theodore Roosevelt is he was the mayor of, or he was the governor of New York. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of strange. Yeah. And so uh, said that. <laughs> and the Republicans were saying, man, we got, how can we get this guy out of New York? You uh-huh. know, and they're, they're thinking. And um, so you got McKinley who had gotten elected in, in 1896, big election. That was a long run of Republican presidents after the Civil War, interrupted a couple of times by Grover Cleveland. But other than that, it's a Republican era in American politics. So McKinley gets elected from Ohio in 1896. And the Republican Party and the bosses of the Republican Party, they got a problem with this renegade governor there uh-huh. in New York. And they said, well, what can we, we got to get him Let's out of there. Let's make him president. Let's make oh him vice president. vice president. <laughs> We're going to make him vice president. Uh-huh. He, what can he do as vice president? So they pick him out. They get a new governor of, of New York. Roosevelt's uh-huh. now on the ticket in 1900 with uh, William McKinley. And problem solved. Except that. Just a year later, McKinley, McKinley. gets assassinated. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. And Theodore Roosevelt <laughs> becomes president of the United States. So there you have it. You know, it. he was the first president of the United States to go to all 50 states. I don't doubt it. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's a fascinating dude. I've, I've uh, I, TiVo'd him or whatever the proper word for, you know, recording TiVo. stuff now. Thank you, Boomer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of both him and Benjamin Franklin. Those are two yeah. individuals oh, yeah. that I am obsessed with. Yeah, never knew each other. No, but Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt, like, I mean, most of the really cool stuff that we've done as a country, like preserving stuff yeah. so mm-hmm. that we, we all have access to it, Teddy's the man. And there probably would not have been a big band era. Had it not been for Teddy Roosevelt. Hello. Which brings us full circle. Maria (laughs) Kina. She's the band leader of the Knights of Swing here in St. Louis. You can hire them, by the way, a 16-piece band, but you probably can't afford them. Yes, you can. Yes, you you can. You ought to give it a shot because they're very, very good. And we'll be back in just a moment, and we are going to talk about... Your favorite president. One of the greatest presidents, most underrated presidents in the history of the country. That's next on KMOX. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah. This is one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. Well, what many of you uh, probably know is that my little buddy here is uh, like the Cliff Clavin of useless facts. But when it comes to presidential history, it's not useless. He knows some really great presidential history. And being that it's President's Day... Uh, I thought maybe you could use uh, this segment to educate us about some of our uh, leaders of our great nation. Yeah. So uh, this is really cool. I love President's Day. You celebrate course. the presidents. Uh, 40, 
six presidents, 45 people, have occupied that office uh, going back to George Washington. And so let's start off tonight, Michael, with what I call the eight accidental presidents. Eight accidental presidents. So there were eight men who ascended to the presidency from the vice presidency that were not elected okay. president, to, and but they got there. All right. Yeah, uh, The first of them was John Tyler, who was uh, the vice president for William Henry Harrison. He was Tyler, too. Yeah, he was. It was Tippy Canoe and Tyler, and Tyler too, too, in the, in the yeah. 1840 election. Mm-hmm. And John uh, or William Henry Harrison gave a two-and-a-half-hour inaugural address. Oh, can you uh, imagine? Caught pneumonia and died a month later. Oof. John Tyler became the president. The second one... Uh, that was an accidental president. It was a fellow by the name of Millard Fillmore. Uh. And he was the vice president of Zachary Taylor, who some people say was poisoned. Uh, but he certainly had some medical event that happened to him, and he passed away in office, and Millard Fillmore became president. The third, of course, after the tragic assassination of Abraham Lincoln, right. was Andrew Johnson, mm-hmm. who was a Southerner. And Johnson was picked in the 1864 election precisely because he was loyal to the Union, but he was from the South, and the Republicans were hoping to, because there was a point in which that 1864 election was hanging in the balance. It was not a slam dunk re-election for Abe Lincoln. The, The war had not gone well at all until you got to Gettysburg in the summer of 1863, and and then that began to kind of turn the tide in Lincoln's favor. So, uh, but uh, Andrew Johnson, who was impeached, yep, he was the first president. He wasn't removed, but nope. he was impeached. Uh, and then you got to go to what do you get impeached for? Uh that's a good question. That's all right. I'll have to look Move into along. that. Move along. Yes. So then you've got to go to uh, 1880, and William or uh, James A. Garfield gets elected president. He was right. a Civil War general. And uh, he was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And his vice president, Chester A. Arthur, who was kind of a New York political boss. Aristocrat? Yeah, he was kind of a, he was a the old throwback of the uh-huh. boss. He was part of the whole the machine, system. Yeah. yeah, the machine. And he became president. He actually brought in the civil service system in the federal government, mm. uh, getting rid of patronage. And having people appointed Full-time based jobs. on merit, yeah, uh, which is ironic because he was a boss politician sure. in New York. So from there, you skip ahead to 1901, and that's when uh, Theodore Roosevelt became president because William McKinley was assassinated, mm-hmm. uh, who had been reelected in 1900. And Roosevelt, and we were talking over the break about... Now, Roosevelt got on the ticket in 1900 because he was the governor of New York, and the Republican establishment said, we got to get rid of this guy. He's crazy. <laughs> and so they thought the best way to hide him was to make him vice president where he couldn't do anything. Well, he becomes the president of the United <laughs> States, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, following Roosevelt, you got to skip to 1923. Now you're getting more recent in time. in uh, the sixth accidental president, my favorite. President. Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Keep it cool. Yes, he was a vice president for Warren G. Harding, who had taken the first train trip to Alaska uh, that any president of the United States had ever taken. And Harding had some scandals brewing back in Washington. And on the train ride back from Alaska, he perished. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think his wife killed him. Uh-oh. I don't think that's right. Uh-huh. I mean, I, you know, I think we've looked into that. But Coolidge becomes an accidental president. 
1923. And you go then 40 years hence with the assassination in November yeah. 1963 of John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. and Lyndon Baines Johnson, the senator from Georgia who had become vice president to kind of help win the presidential election in 1960. He becomes president of the United States, the last accidental president. See if you can come up with this one. General. It was not. No. No, it's a, he get, replaces Nixon. Yes. Yes. But he wasn't the vice president because the vice president had already been expelled. Yes. Uh, yes, from Michigan. Played center for the Michigan Wolverines. Gerald R. Ford. Yeah, Jerry Ford. Jerry Ford was the last accidental president. He took office in 1974. Uh, and, yeah, you're right, Michael. He uh, So Nixon had uh, Spiro Agnew on the right. ticket with him. And he took a bribe, uh, right, he, like in the White House. In tax fraud. Yeah. And he had a lot of tax fraud issues. He had been the governor of Maryland. Uh, a Greek guy, so I kind of like him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Spiro Agnew gets impeached and kicked out. He resigns, gets kicked out of office. So Gerald Ford, who was the Republican floor leader um, in the House, a minority leader, he gets selected, gets confirmed. He becomes vice president. Nixon then ends up resigning in right. 1974. Ford becomes president, runs in 1976, and loses to Carter. Gerald Ford became the only person in the history of the United States to be president who was never elected president or vice president. president. How about that? And uh, so those are the eight accidental presidents. But the the first one of them, John Tyler. Uh Uh-huh. So he's on the ticket in 1840 with William Henry Harrison. Okay. All right? 1840. 1840. So do the math. Okay. I'm about to tell you an incredible tale. All right. John Tyler has a grandson, grandson, uh-huh. living in the United States today. today. Is that right? Yes. How so, old is that guy? Well, well he's 94, the yeah. grandson. Uh, so Tyler uh, married his second wife. So his first wife, Letitia, dies. Uh, he marries Julia Gardner. And at the age of 63, in 1790, he has a son. And then he and Julia had six kids together okay. after his first wife was gone. And, uh, and one of the kids they had together when he was 63 was a fellow named Leon Gardner Tyler. Okay. And uh, so he was born in 1853. Okay. 1853. So uh, Leon Gardner Tyler married his first wife, Anne. She dies. Kind of get a theme going here. Yeah, lots of people dying around He remarries Sue Ruffin when he's 65 years old. Okay. Sue Ruffin was 30. This is the son of This Tyler. is the son of John Tyler. Okay. And so they get married, and, uh, and they have a son who's born in 1928. Wow. Uh, whose name is uh, Harrison Ruffin Tyler. Born in 1928. He is 94 years old, 95 years old. As we sit here and speak, he is the grandson. I wonder if he's where he's president. living. He's in uh, Virginia. The Tylers are really? all from yeah. The Tylers were from Virginia, and, uh, and have you seen him interviewed there. or anything? Oh yeah. So years ago, so he had a brother who just died within the last three or four years. So the two of them were still alive, and and he and his brother were interviewed. C-SPAN did a thing on the U.S. presidents back in the nineties. Okay, I watched every one of them, of course. Uh, and but but Harrison Ruffin Tyler is the grandson of President John Tyler, who took office in eighteen 
41. It's hard to believe. It's amazing. What a world. What a country. He's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. When we come back, did you hear the story about what happened at Mizzou? We'll yeah. tell you about it after this right here on KMOX. I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX Late Night with Hancock yeah, buddy, and what's Kelly. what's wrong with you over there? Nothing, buddy. Uh, you, got, just... you got something going on over there. Ooh. Man, I was laughing. You sometimes you get those uncontrollable laughs. You oh, it know? happened to me. Yeah, uh, you know when it last happened to me. Uh-uh. The, uh, there's nothing worse than yeah, laughing you can't. hysterically. But it's great. It's lovely. So feels good. So I proposed to my dear wife. Okay. On Easter Sunday, yeah. April the fifteenth of nineteen ninety. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So that'd be. I was a freshman in high school. 20, <laughs> nearly a quarter century. No, yeah. more than that. Thirty some years ago. Right. And uh, you were a what? Freshman? Freshman in high school, oh, come yeah. On, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, so I proposed, and uh, and she accepted, which was Congratulations. quite a surprise. And so we go to church, and it's Easter uh-huh. Sunday. And um, fellas up there singing in church. And, <laughs> and uh, we're in, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really happy. Right. And we're sitting there. It's Easter Sunday. Right. And there's a piece by... Um, I don't know. If it's How great thou art! No, oh, it's, it's my we shall be changed, uh. and and it goes something like this: We shall be changed. <laughs> yeah. oh, come on, we shall be changed over and over and over again. Yeah, and so the thought hit me, <laughs> sitting there in the eighth pew, yeah. that we shall be changed. Yeah, but this song. <laughs> is never going to change. <laughs> and, and I started laughing, yeah. and it was, uh, yeah. So well, I, I get I get the sentiment. But, and, and then when you can't stop it. You can't stop e- it. Even like sometimes. The when giggles, it, they call that. Yes, and when it's in an inappropriate situation. Yes. It's even worse. Yeah. Fortunately, mine's not inappropriate. It just, I okay. just got a little case of the giggles. All right. Well, here you okay, are. So did you hear this story that's coming out of Mizzou? It's Some, a puzzle. Something smells rotten. In Denmark. <laughs> Down in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. One might say. Because yeah. <laughs> the Dutch, you know, they... Uh, but anyway, nothing the University of Missouri Athletic Director, Desiree Reed Francois, mm. did I say that properly? I don't know, but it sounded good. Is leaving to take the same job at the University of Arizona. All right. Now, here's what don't make no sense, okay? okay? Yeah. She's leaving the SEC, yeah. which is arguably the supreme conference in all of sport. Pretty big stuff. Yeah. Particularly in football. To take the job at Arizona, John, Arizona. which is the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, well, but aren't they joining the big something or other? From the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Right. It's got, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's they're in the Pac-12, they're going to go into the Big 12. The Big 12 is what we abandoned. Everybody kind of looks down on the Big 12. They don't have the big teams they anymore. They don't even have 12 teams anymore. They, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the Pac-12 collapsed as well. Yeah. So, but here's what doesn't make any sense. Okay. Her salary will reportedly be $1 million per year with an increase of $1.2 million in the fifth year. Oh, good for her. It's a pay cut of more than $1.25 million. She's making $2 million at Mizzou. Yes, and she's going to take a pay cut of $1.25 million to go get this job you're at discussing, Arizona. You're, you're talking about Desiree Reed Francois. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she's leaving. Who just landed. Right, a sixty-two million dollar check to the University of Missouri. Yes, from a benefactor to pay for their athletes, and whose team just 
arguably had the greatest season that they've, uh, you know, that uh, a new team has had the in the SEC team. football. The, the football team. Football's what matters. And they f- beat Ohio sport, State let's be in honest. the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. It's, the Missouri Tigers. So Right. And so, I mean, she's riding a really high wave. She's on top of the crest She's of the on wave. top of the world. In fact, she probably could renegotiate her contract and get more money at Mizzou, but instead she's going to take a minute. Her which toes leads are me hanging to believe, off. Yes. Of the of the of the board there. This leads me to believe yes. something's not right here. Mm. Um, apparently, there's recently mm. been implemented an oversight board yes. uh, that the board of regents is that what they call them? The BOR. We're the not board talking about the surfboard here. We're talking about the board of the regents. board. Uh, you know who runs the university? Apparently, uh-huh. put a board the of board oversight of curators. Over, yeah, at curators. That's what it is. That's exactly. what She it is. didn't much care for that. She did not I don't like blame it. her. Uh, that seems a little weird to me. Seems like her uh, her uh, recipe's been successful to this point. And she's looking for the exit. But now she's going to Arizona for a million dollars left. Now, I think this is one of those stories that, John, this isn't going away. We're going to be hearing more and more about this. You think there's this. more? You think there's the yes. rest of the story? Out but I, listen, I, I'm I'm a political guy, so I, I don't know much about sport. In fact, I don't know anything about Missouri. All right, let's, let's turn but to I'm our— I'm just telling you something don't smell right. All right, let me turn to our producer, Gary. Here. Okay. Uh, so, Gary, the the <laughs> University of uh, Arizona, where are they located? Phoenix. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's verify that. Well, let's go to the uh, let's go to the archival vault of yeah, knowledge. I think there. it is Arizona. Uh, I don't know. But we're going to find out because right. Gary is on the case and he's he's assiduously typing away there. You assiduously? Uh, he's looking into Tucson. 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 Ah, Tucson. Okay. Phoenix, Arizona. All right. All so here's Tucson. what we know: Tucson, which is T-U-C-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's living presently in Columbia, Missouri, and I think we would all agree that's one of the great <laughs> metropolitan yeah. areas in the world. But you know what? People fly. People fly Columbia in from Bangladesh. Columbia is in the middle of two major cities. Yeah. It's a nice little college yeah, town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know that's that's place Arizona, to be. though, Michael. Yeah, is in Tucson. So you think she'll take a million dollar haircut? To go be in better weather. And I'm going to suspect, uh-huh. I don't know this, I've not done the research, Yeah, but I suspect it may be a little more costly to live in Tucson, Arizona than it is to live in Columbia, Missouri. Right. So not only is it she yes. taking a million-dollar pay cut, yeah, she's the cost of living is going to be a little bit higher out Hello. there. Yeah. Uh, now, the weather, lovely. Uh-huh. If you like, you know, 100 degrees. Yeah. Uh, if you like deserts. Uh, right. If, if you like to sweat. She's going to... A system or a university that doesn't even have a conference. Haven't They're, won anything since. No, but they they have a pretty good basketball team. Eh. But they but they haven't. They don't have a conference. They're right. in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 yeah. is disintegrated. Gone. They going to the Big 12 as a part of some merger. The Big 12 has disintegrated. Yeah, because Texas is gone. Yeah, it's, Oklahoma's gone. Uh, right. They've gone to the SEC. Yes. Yes, which is where Mizzou's at, which is if you're in the game of climbing up, you know, sport systems stepping to Arizona is a step back then you couple huh. that with taking a, a pay million cut. dollar pay cut yeah you have to believe something else is going to happen here huh. we're going to hear more about this so uh, to recap for those of you keeping score at home would you take a million dollar haircut to go uh, to Scottsdale I'd love to be able to take a million Tucson? dollar haircut. I'd, yeah. I'd love to have an opportunity to take a million dollar haircut no uh, but what I'm what I'm hearing you say, Michael, and I don't want to put words <laughs> yeah, yeah. into your mouth no, because no. that's not what I do. It's not Some, how I. Something's not. It's right. not how I roll. Something's rotten. But what I'm mind. hearing you say, Michael, <laughs> is that Desiree Reed 
Francois. Francois. Who I can't believe you've not hooked up with at some point. No, she's married uh, with kids. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Des- but, I mean, she sounds like somebody that you would. I would love, love to meet her. Desiree. Uh, I'd like to understand what. Uh, listen, I could be a stay-at-home husband. <laughs> <laughs> not taking a million-dollar pay cut, you couldn't. Well, uh, I, You would have had to put your foot down on that deal. Uh, if, you were, if you were Mr. Mr. Francois. Mr. Francois. you got to imagine, let's say yeah. his, his name is Emile Francois. <laughs> And uh, so Emile Francois, <laughs> he, you know, he, he's not very successful. Yeah, he's, he's say, from well, France, well, for the we love of Pete. But we got to say, hey, well, honey, what are we doing do here? We're going to go so backwards? He, he meets Desiree. Yeah. We need Whoa. to quit this. We need to Hello, stop Desiree. this. Hello, Desiree. No, we need Will to stop you marry this. me? She says. And she says, yes, Emile. We're going to get married. And so they get married. Yeah. And then she becomes the athletic director of the uh, University of Missouri. Emil is saying. And takes a half million is, or million dollar pay cut. This is very good. Yes. This is very nice. <laughs> I love I love you, my Lipsham. And, and right. so, and, and now, now she leaves and goes to yes. Arizona. And Emil, what's he going to do? He's taking a million dollar pay yeah. cut, the poor guy. Do you remember the guy from LSU, the coach at LSU? Ed like this. Ogeron. That's the greatest story ever. Tell the story about when he gets. So, you know, he, he wins a national <laughs> He's title. a football coach. He's a football coach. He's a squatty little guy. Talks like that. Well, he's a Cajun. Yeah. And he's, you know, so he's talking to the player about the Cajun. We're going to do this. We're going to hit him. We're going to win the game. <laughs> and uh, so they, you know, they win the national title. He's celebrated. Huge rate, raise. Uh, and a um, couple of seasons, not so good. Recruiting class, not so good. Uh, and they have, I think, three bad seasons yeah. in a row at LSU. So they, he gets called into <laughs> the, uh, the, athletic the athletic director's, director's office. office. And they say, Miss uh, Francois' uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they, counterpart. Yeah, they say, Coach, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm really, I regret that this is not, this is not working out. And right. um, we're going to have to let you, we thank you for bringing a national title. Yeah. To the Louisiana State University, you'll never be forgotten. You're a legend here in Baton Rouge, but um, but but I still have time left on my contract. We're going to need to make a change, uh-huh. and so here's what we're prepared to offer you uh, as severance. Uh, your contract is still <laughs> in existence. Uh, we're prepared to give you a hundred and thirty-eight million dollars, <laughs> um, and and we'd like you to step aside and. Ed Ogeron says, what do you need me to sign and what door you want me to go out of? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing I would have done. He's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We have one more segment left. We're going to talk to you about Cardinal baseball after this right here on the Mighty Mighty Box. Working on a now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. It is Hancock and Kelly. We're going to take you all the way up till 10 o'clock. Then we'll have the news with Maria Kina. Yeah. And you can stick around. We'll have uh, the best of Glover. Is that right? The best coming of at you for a little while. And then, uh, and then our, our late American, night. Yeah. Our American stories. Our American stories. And then we and then got the, what's his name, Gary, that's uh, coming on? What's his name? Uh, other Side of Midnight? Yeah, yeah. The Other Side of the Midnight. Other side with, of uh, midnight. I think that's uh, Jane Seymour was in that movie. Yeah. Um, Different but guy. Don't forget, you can come back on Friday mornings. We got Hancock and Kelly right here from eight thirty to eleven. Yeah, uh, we'll be doing our regular gig, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. And John, can you believe that uh, today was the official start of it? Uh, spring training. Well, yeah, in... the first live batting. Uh, you got to love that. 
the 133rd season of our St. Louis Cardinals wow. and their quest for their 12th World Series championship yes. began this morning. Uh, we're going in with a very aged rotation, one might say. Well, they got a little experience. A little whiskers, so some gray whiskers on that face. Uh, what say you as we are optimistic here at the end of the hot stove and the start yeah. of the spring train? So if you listen to... A lot of the sports talk around town or read the paper and, you know, the people are a little nervous uh, about the Cardinal rotation because it is, you know, Stephen Matz at 32 is the youngest pitcher in the in the five-man rotation. But here's what I would say. Uh, I think the folks that are nervous about this team, I mean, it's okay to be nervous about them, but there is a real chance that this ball club could be something very, very special. Uh, and let's think about this for a minute. Uh, you've got Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, both of whom I think you could say had down seasons last year. And I would expect that those seasons are not going to be, well, they're not representative of the body of work those two have performed over the course of their history. Just two years ago, Paul Goldschmidt was the most valuable player in the National League. I think you're going to see both of those players have a spike up in their performance. You've got Jordan Walker, the second year now, right fielder. Very impressive last year. He's got a got a year under his belt. This guy's going to be a star in this league. He's going to be one of the top ten players in baseball, I think, in the Cardinals think. And chances are he's going to have a breakout season in his second year. Nolan Gorman, the second baseman slash DH for the Cardinals. He, he started hitting home runs. Now his batting average isn't that great. But here's a guy that could put 30, 35, 40 home runs on the table to go with Goldie and Arenado uh, and Tom and Walker. And and so now you begin to look at this team, Wilson Contreras, whose second half of the year was amazing. The offense is going to be fine on this team. Right. So the it question comes is, down to pitching. it does. And Woo. last year's pitching. So uh. last year was not good. You're going to lead off with Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray, one of the top five pitchers in baseball. And I know people poo-poo, and we didn't go out and get Blake Snell, and we didn't get this guy. We didn't weren't able to sign uh, Aaron Nola from the Phillies. They kept him. Let me tell you, Sonny Gray, at least for next year and probably the next couple, is an elite starting pitcher. He throws a sweeper. He is going to be everything you want in a number one. Wow. And the question becomes, can Miles Michaelis bounce back and be what he was you know, three years ago in right. 2019 or four years. I don't know. He's got good stuff. He's a pitch to contact guy. So that's a little bit of concern. But I think Steven Matz, if you look at the body of work that Steven Matz put up uh, after he was injured last year and after he was in the bullpen, he came back to the rotation. He's 32. He's got swing and miss stuff. He's a left-hander. I think Steven Matz is going to have a pretty good year. Lance Lynn and Luke Gibson, the two uh, free agent signings, both of them in their upper 30s. You know, I don't know. I don't know what we got there. Okay. Uh, but if they're if they give you innings, if they if they stick around, if they stay healthy, the the starting staff is going to be is going to put you in a position to be able to compete and All the right. bullpen is better than it was Good. last year. Very optimistic. I yeah. liked that. Couple yeah. questions. Mason Wynn. Yeah. Uh, how you feel about him? I don't expect a lot offensively from Wynn. He, you know, he came, got called up in September, uh, didn't hit a lick. Uh, stellar defender at mm-hmm. shortstop. He's going to be batting ninth on this team in all likelihood. Now, 
he showed some pop in AAA, and he showed some hitting ability in AAA. And could he find that in the MLB? Yeah, he could. But I'm not expecting that he's going to do that. But I will take a shutdown shortstop who's able to cover ground. He throws the ball 100 miles an hour. Um, he's going to turn a lot of double plays. Wow. He's going to throw a lot of guys out. And if he doesn't hit, I'm okay with that. I think he's going to be fine. I wouldn't expect uh, – we shouldn't be reliant on Mason Wynn. Okay, and the head-scratcher of the offseason for me, the acquisition of Matt Carpenter. Uh, what's Matt, about 48, no, 49 years he's old? 38 or 9, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, and Matt, who – you know, the wheels kind of fell off here. Right. He signed that extension on the contract. The wheels kind of fell off. His average was... Goes to the Yankees, down. reignites himself for he a while. He had a great time with the Yankees. Yeah. He was with the Padres last year. and yeah, Not great, but he, it's some, a little pop off the bench. What Matt Carpenter brings to this team is seasoned leadership. Uh, he's been on winning ball clubs. He's been to the World Series. He knows what it takes. Uh, he's vocal. And I think the young guys, are he's going to be a voice. You know, we lost Adam Wainwright in that dugout, and that was not right. insignificant. And I think Matt Carpenter, not just because of the Cardinal pedigree that he has, but because of the baseball pedigree that he has, I think he'll be a valuable addition. And he'll he's a left-handed bat off the bench. And remember, the thing that really messed up Matt Carpenter's career pro- trajectory was the shift. Mm-hmm. And the shift is gone. So I think he can be a valuable uh, player off the bench. Well, there it is. Sports Open Line with John <laughs> Hancock this evening. Uh, it's always good to be optimistic as we start the have spring season. You have to be. Yes, sir. It is good. The Cardinals will be back here not too long. We got to go. We're out.